Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast. I am Jason, and I am joined again by the famous John Brooks, who got a chance to sit in his season ticket seats. Yeah, that was pretty hilarious. Uh, you know, we <laughs> we talked of, uh, th- two episodes ago about the cardboard cutouts that you could get to uh, have on display at Baxter Arena for this 40-game uh, NCHC pot extravaganza. I know you and your family uh, ended up getting four cutouts, and we ended up getting two cutouts. Bridges and I did, and and the first uh, first two days, we were everybody was down in just two sections behind the the home bench at Baxter Arena. All the cutouts that they had at that point were in there. And then today they added more cardboard cutouts because more people bought them and they had them on display. And we got a picture from Jordan McElpine, who uh, who is a uh, the Gateway beat writer uh, who covers UNO hockey, and he's been uh, writing some articles for the NCHC uh, that have appeared on their website this season. And he sent us a picture before the game that Bridget and I had our cardboard avatars placed in our seats up in 216 in the upper bowl right at center ice well we're on the end of the row but uh the section's right at center ice uh for the game tonight we were up there all by ourselves and it was hilarious kind of lonely funny. up there we did look we did look lonely it reminded us uh, of the days uh downtown at the uh the quest center and then uh, when it was renamed CenturyLink center when we were playing in that 20,000 BMF, there were there were times when there were just a handful of us in uh, some of the sections that we sat in at the Upper Bowl downtown. So uh, so that was that was that was funny. I thought that was that was pretty hilarious. So, you know, shout out and major props to the uh, Baxter Arena staff or, or whoever was responsible for that. That was great. Uh, it gave them a little bit more room to accommodate uh, some of the other team uh, cardboard cutouts that appeared today at Baxter Arena, and they, they, uh, they have more down in that lower bowl. So that was that was a very very cool thing. I know some people wanted us to talk about cardboard cutouts on our last episode. We focused strictly on the game because Jason and I are under time constraints. Because you know people don't want people don't want a Joe Rogan esque podcast from us. Apparently, uh, even though Jason and I enjoy it, they want us to they want us to you know to talk and move on. So. <laughs> All I hear is Bridget in my ear going, stick to the script. <laughs> stick to the script, Jason. Keep this thing moving. <laughs> it was pretty cool that they uh, they actually featured your cardboard cutouts and talked about how they were in there. Um, I can't remember which of the announcers in the second intermission when they were talking about it was like, I'm told that that's actually their season tickets. And we're like, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I believe that was Ben Holden. Uh, uh, he and Dave Starman do a great job uh, as the play-by-play crew for uh, a number of these games uh, during the pod. And uh, Starman's one of my uh, one of my favorite uh, hockey commentators. Anyway, so that was hilarious. That was fun. And I got to tell you, it was it was a great it was a great perch to watch a uh, a great game for UNO from tonight. It was one heck of a game. Uh, if you missed it, um, you missed a lot. You missed a really good game. And if you tuned in at the end, you probably thought this game was not what it actually was. Uh, UNO ends up skating away with it. Just 
slaughtering Michigan, putting 10 up, uh, letting in two. But a lot of that's third period goals. It was a tight match through the first. Um, UNO stretched it a little bit. We had, I think, uh, I was talking to a couple friends of mine that were um, texting and tweeting and stuff during the game uh, about how different of a second period this was from anything that we've seen, you know, in the last couple of years. Um, I think this is probably one of the more complete games that we've seen from the Mavericks. There are still some things we'll talk about, I'm sure, uh, that they need to work on because that was not a perfect game, but they did a lot of a lot of good things and capitalized when they had chances. Well, you look at that first period, and we really did dictate play early on, and I think that was a key in setting the tone. And if you look at that first goal by uh, freshman Matt Miller, and it was his first career goal as a Maverick, I mean, honestly, that was a you know that was a, a situation where he was not going to take no for an answer. He just kept he just kept you know trying to push that puck there. He was right there in front of the goaltender and he just, he just kept, you know, hammering away at that and put that puck in the net. And that was the kind of effort I think we saw from the team all night. I mean, that, that just kind of symbolized UNO's game and it was a great way to start the game. And uh, obviously congratulations to him on getting his first career, uh, career goal for UNO. You know, we talked about it in the last podcast, UNO is now one and one in the, in the pod, but I really felt like they played a good game on Tuesday and it was just unfortunate that they, they didn't play a complete game, even though they played a good game. And and that's ultimately what ended up hurting them. You know, they took some bad penalties and they ended up losing against a, a good, good Duluth team. And, and there was a lot of things that could have come of that. I was a little worried about whether or not they'd be up for the game. And, you know, at the time, Western Michigan had their starting goaltender. So last week I had picked them to lose and clearly got that wrong. <laughs> yes, Jason is lamenting the fact that we did not record uh, the previous episode of the podcast after the late game in the first day of the pod so that he could watch Western Michigan and he could watch their terrific goaltender, uh, Brandon Bussey, go out with an injury. Um, they brought in Austin Kane uh, in that game and he performed fairly well but uh tonight was not his night and uh, you you look at a team like Western Michigan obviously you don't want to lose a goaltender like Brandon Bussey because that guy logged a lot of playing time for them last season. Yeah, I think the announcer said that he played every game. So that's that would have been a big you know and and it is what it is. It doesn't matter that I'm wrong. I'm wrong a lot. So I, I just wanted on record for the course. I but. just I just wanted on record that I picked UNO to win three to one, even thinking Brandon Bussey was going to be in net. So see, that's the that's True. the lack of confidence. Jason and I have been burned on these picks before. So Jason being a little bit cautious, he and I said when we were doing our preview of this uh, pod format a few weeks ago that we thought Western Michigan was going to be our first big test because we thought we were going to be playing Colorado College in the first game. But because of COVID, Colorado College is not yet uh, in Omaha. So we actually got Duluth first. And I honestly, I think playing Duluth that first game was probably a good warm-up for this game because that, that, that Duluth team, like you said, I thought we played a good game. I didn't think we played a complete game. I think we could have won that game. But as Duluth showed against Denver, you know, in their second game, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of a deceptive team. They, they don't, they don't look that great. They don't look that flashy, but there's something about that team 
that just they 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 find a way to close and they find a way to finish. So like you said, I thought the first game against Duluth that we played, I thought we played well. And I think that that played dividends tonight because the team, uh, the team came out fast. They came out hot. And I think overall they looked good, but like, like you were talking the second period, I thought that was a, that was kind of a tale of like three little periods within a period. We got off to a good start middle of the period. We looked like we were on our heels a little bit. It, It seemed like, Western Michigan was dictating play uh, in our defensive zone quite a bit. And then we kind of rebounded at the end of the period. Western Michigan's second goal in the power play, I think, was the kind of the turning point because I saw that that was after, you know, Western Michigan had kind of made a push. Uh, You know, you were about halfway through the period and it really came down to, you know, you've got half a game left. You're tied 2-2. What are you going to do now? Um, and that's where I really liked the leadership of Kevin Conley to come out, um, really push the Mavs up. I guess we were all, we were down, we were up one. That's right, because we had uh, Chase Primo's goal. Uh, so we were, I mean, that got him closer. And then Conley comes back. They get that that kind of quick strike, uh, quick strike goal, and away we went. You know, we got out. We got that two goal lead into the, into the locker room and came out in the third and just piled it on (laughs) in the third. I mean, just like piled it on. Yeah. That was something else. Wasn't it? I mean, it just, (laughs) and we've talked about that last season in the podcast and last season and, and even outside of the podcast. And I've heard other people say, this isn't something like we noticed or anything, but, um, you know, for some reason, this team UNO has had in the past this proclivity to score a goal and then, like, the ensuing face off, they let one in. And it's like, so you go up a goal and now you're back to being tied, or you got within one and now you're down by two again. And it happened against Duluth. You know, we got within one late, uh, but then a fumbled pass on the entry and it gets sent down in the open net. And now you're back back down by two. Like it's just one of those things with this team that, that they've kind of always done that. So to see them push back to get a lead and then say, you know, we're not done yet. We're going to keep pushing, uh, and we're going to find a way to make sure that, you know, we get some insurance goals and get some breathing room there. Uh, I think that'll really matter for this team. Uh, they can really use, you know, some some decent leads, some three goal leads and stuff late in the game. Um, that way, if they do make a mistake, it's not the scramble to try to get back into a game. Yeah, the, the one thing UNO hasn't really shown us the last couple of seasons is, it, it, and I don't want to make blanket statements because there's a game here, game there that this is that's not the case. But they are not a team that does well, you know, with these close like two to one, one to nothing type games where they have to kind of they have to kind of clamp down and play tight and and that that's not their game this is a this is a, this is a team that always does well when they're able to put up you know two or three goals early and kind of get that momentum get the wind at their back that's what you that's when UNO especially in its current iteration plays their best hockey however i will say that if you look at tonight they did a lot of little things right that would make them successful in one of those 
close, ticky-tacky, back-and-forth type games. You know, they they blocked shots. You know, they kept, they, they kept the puck out of their defensive zone. They really controlled things in the offensive zone. And so I thought they looked good in that regard. And, and like you said, 10 goals tonight. We saw we saw a lot of guys. <laughs> we saw a lot of guys score. Um, we uh, saw... Well, I mean, until until the 10th goal, it was nine <laughs> goals by nine players. So, yeah, you look at newcomers like Jack Randall, who we talked about in the last game. I mean, Joey Abate gets back, uh, you know, back on the scoreboard. He was an exciting player last season. Chase Primo, one of our favorite players to talk about. Uh, certainly game by game. He's looking good so far this season. Again, it's just one game and it's just the second game of the season, but they really came out and dictated play. And I think you would agree that it was, it was exciting to watch. And I know that you, you had said to me, and I agree, that would have been a fun game to be at in person. Yeah. Oh, this is one of those, I'd love to be down in the, the lobby of Baxter singing right now. I know, right? <laughs> but alas, we're not. We're here, and I'm not going to sing because then we would lose like 90% of our re- our viewership, <laughs> listenership. Listenership isn't really a word, is it? <laughs> you don't want to hear me sing. That's what I'm getting at. No, you don't want to hear Jason sing at all, but you can clap. Yep. <laughs> So let's do player of the game. You know, there I, were... I don't know that we can go goal by goal here. That's a lot. <laughs> let's go goal by we'll goal. Go under a time crunch here. Let's start uh, Kevin Conley. <laughs> I mean, did the equipment guy score in the third? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I saw a coach throw a puck from the bench in. So, yeah. Well, and you look, even performances, and, and just to get this started, even, you know, some of the performances that, that you know, didn't show up on the stat sheet. Uh, you know, Brock Bremer is a player that we've talked about a lot. And I saw him, uh, you know, a lot down there, down low, near the Western Michigan Met, uh, Western Michigan Net, quite a lot during this game. I, he had some really good plays. And again, he didn't put the puck in the net, so he's not one of the... Uh, one of the uh, uh, prolific goal scorers tonight, but I I thought he had a great game tonight. And I think there were a number of guys who looked good tonight. And I don't know who you're going to pick, and I'm having a tough time picking because there were a lot of good, solid performances tonight. And a lot of guys you could make a case to pick, but I think I'm going to have to go with the newcomer, Matt Miller, who... Got two goals on the night, his first career goal, and then he got one late in the third period. Uh, he's a player that I've been excited about the past couple of seasons. Watching him in juniors, uh, he was originally a Michigan State recruit, uh, player out of Indiana. I'm very, very excited to see him uh, progress this season uh, because so far in these first two games, he's looked good. A strong you know, veteran player out of the USHL ranks. I think he's going to be very exciting as the season goes along, but I could have made the argument for a number of other players. Yeah, this is, you know, we talked about it. This is one of those complete games. So it is kind of difficult, even from a positive standpoint, to to pick guys out and say, you know, this is someone who really 
made a difference. Um, I think for me, Smallage. I would he agree with that. that. Yep, was really solid. Uh, he had a couple assists, and then let's see here. It was seventh goal was his. Yeah, so that I mean, he just we need that stability and and consistency, and that's what I saw. You know, every shift he was out there. Uh, I'd throw an honorable mention to. Sullivan, I think he's been, we've talked about him on past podcasts, just how reliable he is. And that was, he, he brought, you know, his game. Uh, I, I heard the announcers talk about him, you know, you're up, you're up seven, eight goals and you're still lying down to block shots. That's, that's guys doing the little things and knowing that the little things are what matters. Well, and Sullivan really has evolved into one of our most consistent players, and that's really what UNO needs is consistency. So, I, you know, obviously he's a guy that you could have picked, but I think the Smallage pick is great. I think our, our entire decor played well um, in tonight's game, and that's something that we're going to need going forward. That, that's, that was a problem area a couple of seasons ago, and I think you look at some of these defensemen. We talked about Johnny Tyconic uh, in the last podcast. I think Brandon Scanlon is a guy that was a, a, a favorite of mine last season, and he's a player that, uh, that played really, really had a really solid game tonight. Uh, he and Tyconic on the same line, I think, is a, a fantastic pairing, and uh, people have been pointing that out. But I think you look at other guys. You look at uh, you know players like Kirby Proctor, and you mentioned Jason Smallage. Um, really some terrific budding young defensemen that are going to be great for this team uh, for years to come. So I'm, I'm really excited. And, and I think that's, a, like I said, a great pick for player of the game. I was happy to pick, pick Matt Miller, uh, happy to pick a newcomer, uh, but there were a lot of good performances. And, uh, and look, when you score 10 goals uh, in a game and win 10 to two, that's a, that's a great night all around. And it was the second good game from Sunberg. You know, he had, I can't remember which one of us, did. one of us had him as the player of the game for Tuesday nights, but yeah, I picked on him Thursday, on he's Tuesday. He's still yep. a force. Yeah. So to have him come back and, and follow that game up with a, a solid performance here on Thursday night, just, you know, speaks volumes for where this team can go. If these guys stay committed and, you know, um, Miami's up next on Saturday the challenge with Miami is everyone I'm sure knows that they're not expected to do well. Um, they're going to be, they should be on a back to back, right? I think they play Friday and Saturday. If I remember right. So there's a lot of things Jason, that you Jason's can look... asking me technical questions here about this and <laughs> I thought I had it up, but my phone went off and I'm just too lazy to open it up. No, no. In any case, you're fine. Obviously, Miami lost two to nothing to North Dakota in their first game uh, of this pod series. And it was a, you know, I think it was a closer game than I think a lot of people probably would have predicted that it would be. They're, they're obviously a team that is definitely rebuilding, um, you know, kind of from the ground up under uh under their coach uh who is 
I believe Chris Bergeron. Do I have that right? I think I do. We'll, we'll, I'll find that out here in a moment. But regardless, that's, that's a team that you look at last season and you look at where we finished last season. And obviously there wasn't any postseason play, but one of the things that kept us from having a, a better position in the NCHC playoffs, the playoffs that never happened, was, you know, a couple of really just disappointing games against Miami last season. And that's a team that despite our struggles the last couple of seasons, that's a team that we really should have been able to defeat. And we struggled against them. And the series that we played against them were not the, you know, kind of commanding sweeps that we were hoping to see out of UNO last season. So I don't know. It's it's one of those things where, you know, anything could happen. You know, you come, especially when you come off a game like this, which is kind of an emotional high, you have a lot of success, you know, as the game wore on and, uh, and uh, you know, Western Michigan was probably feeling fairly dejected. Things came easy for UNO, uh, you know, down the stretch. This is a game that we have to watch, and this is a game that we have to be, you know, careful of. If they want to beat teams like Denver and Duluth and North Dakota, it starts with playing your best hockey against teams like Miami and Western Michigan and St. Cloud. It, oh, you're, you're exactly it, right. It, you gotta, you've got to go into this with the mindset that this is not a given. We're not going to be, you know, walking over them. It, you have to come out and play the same way that you play against North Dakota. Um, you know, play with the same awareness that you played against Western Michigan. Commit to doing all of the little things that you did right in this game. Otherwise they're capable of beating you. And I think that's kind of what we've lost sight of in the past a little bit is sometimes we think, you know, we're ahead of them in the standings and so it's going to be an easy game or they've had a, an easier time and we haven't and, and we'll be fine. And, and they just kind of rest and they're not as sharp. And Oh yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and I, I do want to clarify something I said earlier. Chris Bergeron is indeed the head coach of Miami. Jason and I are, are both, you know, somewhat tired at this point uh, in the day. It's late. We, uh, you know, we're emotionally drained after that great hockey game. But Chris Bergeron, who had been at Bowling Green, former assistant in Miami, who came back to be the head guy, you know, he's a he's a really solid head coach. He did great things with the Bowling Green program. And the one thing to keep in mind is that they didn't win very many games last last season, especially in the second half of the season, but they swept UNO at Miami last season and they swept us pretty good. They swept us three to nothing on Friday and four to nothing on Saturday. And we were definitely the better team in that game. And we definitely had more to play for. And, you know, we just fell apart in that series out at Miami and we shouldn't have done that. And so, like you said, We've had two really, really solid games, but now we're playing a team that is not considered one of the top teams in the conference or one of the top teams in the country. And you have to be very, very careful. We're going to need good play on both sides of the ice. And I, I think the the big thing that we need to, to do as a program is we need to come out and set the tone early. And I think if we do that like we did tonight, I think we can have success against Miami. But again, as you mentioned, nothing is a given. Right, and we talked a long time ago when we talked about the pod and kind of what what success kind of looks like. I mean, you really want to come out of this, if you want to be in a good position for the second half of the season, you want to come out of this 
at worst five and five. Right. Right. Yeah, this you don't you don't want to blow this opportunity for right. sure, especially since they're playing at Baxter Arena. So you've got one against Western Michigan. You've got two games coming up in the pod against Miami. You have to look at those two games and say, we have to play our best hockey so that we're sitting on three wins. And then you go back to finding where do those others two come from? We've got Colorado College, same situation as Miami. You should beat them on paper. You should be a better team. But this is the NCHC. And there are plenty of writers out there that will tell you that the worst team in the NCHC is better than half the teams in the NCAA. Exactly. So I don't care that they're not as, you know, they're not the best team in the NCHC. I don't care that they're below you. This is still a team that has the firepower and the capability to beat you. Yeah. And you know what? They, they, they played a close game against one of the top programs in the country in North Dakota. And so they're going to be ready to play. This is a great opportunity for them. I'm, I'm sure that they don't want to go down 0-2 in this uh, pod hockey format. So it should be interesting to see. What yeah. is your prediction, Jason? I, I'm going to go with a 4-1 win. Okay. I, I mean, I think we're learning, we're learning lessons. I like the leadership that we have, I think, between uh, Taconic and Conley, you know, and Sullivan keeping to doing what he's doing with, with his, you know, consistency that we talked about. If those things come, come to breast, I think we've got a really good shot of making a run at, you know, six, seven wins here in the pod. And that would be an amazing 10 game stretch for the guys. So, and that starts with those guys saying you can't rest. We went toe to toe with one of the best teams. We went toe to toe with a two-time defending champion, um, and almost came away with a win in the first game in the pod. So, if we want to have another shot at that, and we want to see them, you know, in a playoffs, in a frozen face-off, if we want to have a shot at anything, you know, as far as hardware is concerned, it starts with doing the right things in the right time, and that's beating Miami. Yeah, we can't be complacent for sure. And that's the biggest thing that they, they're going to be fighting on Saturday afternoon is complacency because Miami's not a team that's, you know, going to be able to put up a lot of shots on goal. They're not a team that's, you know, that's going to come out and dominate you, but they are a team that if you make mistakes, they will take advantage of it as they did against UNO last season. And we were all just kind of pulling our hair out during those two series last season, because those are series that UNO really should have been able to get four wins against the Red Hawks and they didn't do it. So it comes down to, you know, the mental toughness and the mental acumen. And sure, it's, it's easy to play mentally tough against the top teams in the country. But for UNO, it's about, you know, are you going to play, you know, down to uh, what's considered to be a lesser opponent in the conference? And I certainly hope that they don't. And we'll find out how mentally tough this team is. I know that this is something that Coach Gabinet preaches uh, on a, on a you know, week-by-week basis with these players during the season. So I'm looking for, you know, Big performances again out of the players that you mentioned, Johnny Tyconic, 
new another newcomer like Jack Randall, but then you know some of our veteran players. I'd love to see Taylor Ward step up. We haven't heard his name as much during these first two games, and he has been one of our our most consistent players. So I'd like to see him have a breakout game. I am going to predict the Mavs win. I'm going to say it's a little bit closer. I'm going to be a little bit more cautious. I'm going to go three to one again, like I did with my prediction against Western Michigan, just because that prediction worked out great. And uh, as a hockey fan, I'm incredibly superstitious. So three to one, I'm going to say the Mavs beat Miami. It's going to be a little bit closer, uh, but they'll get it done in the end. Yeah. Well, that bodes well for us, hopefully. We'll see what they can do on the ice here on Saturday. Yes, and let's hope they have the Apple TV app, NCHC app, figured out by Saturday, because that has been causing you and I both nightmares <laughs> the past uh, the past couple of days. Uh, I, I know oh you said gosh. you got it working. I just, I'm, I'm pulling it up in Safari on the iPad and airplaying it to the Apple TV now. I'm... I've, I've, uh, I'm, I'm not messing, I'm not playing games anymore. I'm not messing around because you know we did that on the first day of the podcast and it just irritated the hell out of me. So hopefully some of the technical issues, I know that there are a number of people who are new to NCHC or NCHC TV. So uh, I hope that this doesn't discourage them because it really is fun to be able to watch all these games. So, and the broadcasts have been great. So, so I'm excited to watch that game against Miami on Saturday. Tomorrow night, I'm Definitely. sure you're going to be watching the Denver-North Dakota game on NCHC TV. Oh, yeah, for sure. Both incredibly excited. That should be a great game. So, Jason, on uh, another one of our, our skinny podcasts, because we're doing these, we're doing these things, uh, you know, every 48 hours right now. Uh, I would just encourage everybody to follow uh, Mavpuck on Twitter, follow Mavpuck on Faces, you, Facebook, Faces. <laughs> can't can't talk apparently we got to get off this thing soon thank god we're not talking 82 minutes tonight uh you, you can find links to all of our social media at mavpuck.com as well as uh, uh all the back episodes of this podcast the past two two seasons and uh the first five six episodes of this season so it's all there it's all there to listen to and you maybe hopefully if you go back to and start back at the beginning the first podcast since people don't have a lot to go do right now maybe you can see the evolution of jason and i hopefully we've improved since that first podcast i don't know i'm kind of scared to go back and listen but uh, but anyway be sure to follow along we appreciate your support we appreciate when you yes. like and share uh these podcasts and uh, some of the other things that we share on social media so until saturday when the mavs take on miami Go Mavs. Go Mavs.